Welcome to All or Nothing, where we bring to you companies and CEOs that are changing the game. And I'm your host, Rodrigo Ballone. Now, our next guest is a social entrepreneur that is not only looking to help her environment, but she's also helping low-income families generate additional income. Her team has developed a new process that collects recyclable trash and pays people based on the amount of trash they recycle. The company is growing fast and is capitalizing on a market that her competition just isn't tapping into. Let's welcome the co-founder of Pro Trash, Andrea Garcia Lopez. How are you today? I am great. Thank you so much, Rodrigo, for the invitation. I am really glad to be here to share a little bit of our story and how how ProTrash works. I'm definitely glad to have you on because what you're doing is something special. So I wanted to shed some light on it. What intrigued me about what you and your team is doing is that collecting bottles and trading it in for cash isn't a new concept. So what sparked the idea for you to take a different approach? Of course, yeah, thank you so much for having us here. Well, uh, we started this company uh, actually analyzing the the actual recycling model that exists today. And the thing in Mexico is that uh, there has always been a recycling system. As you say, there it's a, a really lo um, a long industry that has been working for a lot of years and, and, and it it works in, in many different places around the world, right? But in Mexico, it has been a really informal industry. And it, it's, um, I can say that it, it is not uh, the system where the people can actually go and sell their trash that they produce at, the, at their homes in order to, to get an extra income, as it happens in other parts of the world, like Germany, Finland, or many places that you can go and exchange just for the environmental consciousness that you have you can go and and put the um, recyclable materials where they should be and you receive an incentive in exchange for them but in mexico that doesn't happen so what we saw it was a great opportunity on the recycling industry because there's only 10 percent that it's actually being recycled here in mexico and also in formalizing this industry and creating a system that gives the people um, a place that they can uh, have confidence that it's uh, much more digitalized and autom uh, automatic and that gives them a possibility also to, to have a semi-banking system that they have never had access to. So um, we just took something that already existed, as you said, and tried to optimize it. And in the process, we did uh, a lot of ideas. We started with a machine that was a bicycle that was going to shred the plastic in the communities. And then when we started working in the communities and seeing what, what were our users' needs, all the ideas started changing. And, and it has changed a lot of times. And I think it's part of, of the success that we have had till today, that we have been flexible to change with our users' response and with the market response also, because because it's what you have to do, right? Um, I think that that was a really important process for us to to analyze and to create ideas and prove and try to prove them and just shift and go again and do it again and do it again. And I think till now we have done more than I don't know 30, 50 experiments of how it should work. 
What I love about what your team is doing at ProTrash is that you're not only creating a recycling culture in different communities, but you're also providing an additional source of income. Can you break down how someone can make money and possibly double their income? Of course, of course, yeah. Uh, basically, we come to the communities, we show them how to sort their materials, that it's a really important phase because the value of the recyclable materials increase whenever it's uh, it's well sorted or when it's clean. So we show them how it's the correct way to increase the value of their materials. And then, of course, uh, we start... Um, incentivizing them with this exchange for an extra income so it's they a lot of people start only with what they produce at home but then they start creating a certain community engagement and certain community activities that they collect the trash from the people that are around their homes and so they they start creating approximately 150 pesos per week that it's um like 20 twenty dollars no like fifty dollars i i don't know the exchange rate right now but it's 150 pesos per week they are creating and that's the average of our users that in mexico it's enough to cover uh like one week meal for a family so it's uh it's really in a low-income community of course so it's really impressive uh what what we have created in the community not not because we thought or we planned it so, but the responses that the community has gave us had been super interesting. For example, the other thing is that we thought that the people were going to um, to pay or to to spend their their money that they own from the, these materials every week, as as we we thought so because they cannot cover their basic necessities right now and 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 they were going to use it to cover their basic necessities but by surprise it was that since this is an extra income as you say they are saving it and it's the first time that we we the first time that we realized it it was really impressive for us because because of course these are people that live in in really vulnerable communities they don't don't have these uh financial habits to save if they do save they do it in cash and it's a really um complicated process and so when they receive this card that it's an expense card uh they already feel like they're included into a, a more formal economy right they started uh, asking us like hey can i deposit money into my card and and, and that has led us that today we are already working in creating a financial service that includes all all of these uh requests that the people are asking to us but the most important thing is this habit right about saving that that people are starting to plan for the future and that it's something really important for us because uh they could do 150 pesos per week but right now we have people that already have saved uh 1500 pesos or 2000 pesos from the trash that they have collected uh throughout this year or throughout the the past six months and and they are saving in some of them for the Christmas dinner, some of them for the school supplies, but but you see how they are planning for something bigger, right? For something for the future, and and that for us has been amazing to see, to see how something that we thought was going to be a small impact only in the environmental matter, and has 
gone that far for us it's really really compelling so what needs to be done on your end in order to set up a place where a community can recycle and benefit is this a big investment so actually the, the investment is not big we have as i told you we have changed a lot of times from the business model and the way we uh, implement it uh so right now we are working with a protest model center that goes it's a truck that goes to every community to each community every two weeks with one truck we can cover 20 communities in total so it's a really um low investment for one community because with one truck you can cover a lot of them uh it's approximately fifty thousand pesos uh, that it's like two hundred and two thousand five hundred dollars i think so it's not that much and we what the process that we do is we contact a community leader first of all we deliver the environmental uh program that we have created that it's uh, not only about how to sort their materials but we also tell these people about wh what is the global problem right what's the the global warming um situation that we are living today in the whole world and this really motivates them because they know that they are doing this for an incentive an economic incentive but they also have now the motivation that that it will help the rest of the world right that they are doing for something bigger and that for them to recycle we will have a bigger impact not only in themselves but in other people's lives so this is a really important part for us because because they it it really motivates people to to bring it a little bit further than they would if they they only did it for the money right or at least that's our thought right now we are in six communities in guadalajara we are looking to expand to a to more of course we we're looking to open two communities per month next year and i'm really excited because we are starting operations in mexico city in january so it's it's getting bigger and it's growing and and it's really exciting to see that six months ago we had one center and today we are we are growing in this scale so you mentioned earlier that there was already a recycling market in mexico before you started but the problem was that only 10% of the market was being tapped into and only a few companies were profiting. So I'm curious, how difficult was it navigating the politics of setting up shop? Yeah, yeah, I totally understand your point. Um, we have had some uh, talks with, we have talked to government and they are super interested in the program. Um, uh we are trying to work with them there it's a process that it's a little bit longer of, uh, here in mexico so we have talks with uh, some local governments in the zone of guadalajara where they want to implement our service through through the government through our governmental matter but well we are working on that in the part of the other players in the in the industry of course it's a really um it's it's something about the market right there's always gonna be competitors we always wanted to include in the chain everyone so anyone went like out from the value chain from their recycling industry but we saw and we we came into a mafia that that it controls the, the trash industry in here in mexico of course it's not all the recycling industry but they have 
uh, a pretty big part of it. So what we did is we analyzed how we, they work. They work in the, in the landfills. And, and we just uh, created our business model in order not to bother them, right? We are not targeting the same market that they are targeting. They work in the landfills. So all the trash that they collect, it's from the waste management system that goes to the landfills. And from there, they collect the recycling, uh, the recyclable materials. What we do is that we work in the, in the low-income communities and vulnerable communities that does not have this uh, waste management system, right? So we are uh, targeting a completely different market from them. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that we are not getting into, into well, of course, we are competition, but from a, a different uh, niche market that they are targeting. So I think we can both work in the recycling part and and just make uh, a bigger percentage, make that percentage of 10% bigger in Mexico. I'm pretty sure that there are going to be a lot of companies that start working in recycling industry in Mexico. But I, I really believe that to target the other 90% of a $24 billion dollar uh, market opportunity we're gonna need a lot of people to to start working on it so uh yes we we really analyzed how to to work in the recycling industry not being uh, well not not coming in to interfere what what the existing recycling industry was already doing and trying to do something different so i really hope uh that this grows and that this um gets into a big situation like a, a big industry and and if it gets like that maybe at that point we're gonna have some uh talk with the other players in the ground right but right now everything has been smooth everything has been really great a lot of people are supporting us from government as i told you from uh, private institutions and from uh, some other international national players in mexico that that are supporting us to make this a reality of course most of it because of the environmental and social impact that we are creating with the people's lives with the quality of life of these people you mentioned earlier that you guys are going into mexico city sometime next year and that is one of the most polluted cities in the world so what are some of the challenges and opportunities you see with the successful implementation of course. Well, first of all, Mexico City is one of the biggest markets, as you tell, for us, right? For the garbage industry, recycling industry, it's a really, well, it's a really big market, I think, for any industry because of its population, first of all. But, of course, it's a really polluted city and, and we have a lot of opportunity here. There's also a lot of players in the ground, so I think that is going to be one of the biggest challenges and also to connect to so diverse uh, communities. It, of course, it's going to be super different than Guadalajara, but this is going to prove our replicability, right? Protrash has always been planned to be a, a business model that will be replicable not only in Mexico, but outside Mexico, in different markets that we've seen that the same patterns repeat. But first, we have to prove it inside our country that we can replicate it, right? So, so that's why we are coming to Mexico City. We, we want to address the biggest market that we have here and to prove, uh, of course, ourselves and, and the company and to see also what, what are those challenges, right? Of course, 
right now I can tell you that it's going to be the competition, that it's going to be the other planes in the ground, and it's going to be the cultural uh, differences that we have from a small city to a, a big city like this is. Also, it would be the logistics because it's a city that in commuting you can take like two, two to four hours, so we should optimize our logistics a lot in order to have a um, an scalable model as we right now are using it in Guadalajara. So it's going to be a lot of challenges that we know that we're going to face, but we are pretty sure that if we can address and surpass all these challenges, it's going to be a real success to, to be in the biggest market of Mexico, right? And what I think is that in a city like this that lives uh, with such an economical polarization, you know, it's, it's one of the, well, here you can see the wealthiest people of Mexico and the poorest people of Mexico. It's a place that we have to work in to, to create this impact and to increase the quality of life of these people that are living in this city with so uh, much pollution, with a lack of, of services and with a lack of uh, financial inclusion, with a lack of, of uh, sufficient income to, to cover their basic necessities. So we really think that, that we, this is a place that we have to start and to prove that the pro-trash can work here. And uh, after here, we, of course, we want to expand to the rest of Mexico if, if it's a, a successful uh, plan and, and then to the rest of the world. But well, Mexico City is going to be our big, biggest challenge of 2018. You mentioned earlier that you will be expanding to two different communities every month next year. But with success, Competitors will look to see what you guys are doing in order to capitalize for themselves. Of course. So how do you determine where to go to next when it comes to communities so you can position yourself to last over time? Of course. Well, first we do a dem demographical study of the, yeah, the density of the population in, in each city because we need to be in places that have a dense population. So that's why we are targeting the outskirts of the of the cities also we have to create um a network right so we have to connect to people that work there the community leaders are super important for us because they are the way that we come into the community it's not that easy to go into a community and just say like hey hello i'm for trash and i'm here to help you right we have tried that and it, it has worked but also people in mexico are really like um in a defensive mode they always ask us like what which party do you come from what what uh office government office do you come from what do you want from us right so we always have to be really clear that we are not part of any campaign or any any uh, pro governmental program that we are working as a social enterprise and we we have to be really clear with that and when you go into a community with a community leader that already has that communication managed it's really different so we have to create this network uh, uh contacting the community leaders and after that it's much easier to to go in in my opinion there's a lot of people that start a business and in the beginning they have a plan and a nice pretty picture of what the end result is going to look like but when things don't go as planned they either stop or look at it as a failure but what I like about our conversation is that you explain that starting out, your team had a plan, but it took numerous times to figure out the best model.
then once you got the product into the customer's hands, they didn't use it like you thought they would. You thought that they would spend their money to cover daily expenses, but instead they, they've been saving it. So can you talk about your mindset when it comes to moving forward when things don't go as planned? Of course, of course. I think that is something that has happened to us maybe a hundred times or more. <laughs> and it's, as I told you, it's, I think it's about resilience, right? It's about, uh, of course, we didn't know about this when we started and, and we had everything planned, as you say. And, and the first time that something didn't went as we wanted, uh, I think, uh, well, we just sat together and remind to ourselves what was our real reason to be there, right? And we remember this time that we were in the community and it, it was the first time we experimented anything um, from ProTrash. It was, um, we, we tried to exchange for the first time the, the trash for, for food, right? So we did the experiment that day and everything went well, but at the second day that we were in the community, a kid came to us and asked us that if it was real that we were doing an exchange from trash to, to food. And we told him yes, and he asked us if he could do it again, like that day, and we told him yes, and it was a surprise to us that two hours later there were um, a queue of 15 children with bags of recyclable waste that they collected in the in the community. I don't know, it was a really nice moment for us because we realized that we had to do it no matter how, right? No matter what, we had to do something with this matter. And we knew it was recycling, we didn't know how it was going to work, we didn't know what was going to be the business model, but we knew we could do a change in the people that live in vulnerable communities in Mexico by collecting the recyclable materials and change it for something that could uh, increase their quality of life. So every time that we come to a moment that things don't go as we expect, we try to go back to that moment, right? And remind ourselves, why are we doing it? And, and that it doesn't matter the how, but the what and the why. So, so I think that is pretty much the, the end of it, you know, like uh, every time, as I tell you, like the business model doesn't work. Okay, let's sit and think again. How can it, can it work? It's not how it doesn't work. It's how we can make it work. What do we have to change, right? Andrea, that was a great interview. Is there anything else you want to tell our audience before you go? Sometimes we only talk about it and we don't do it at home. I think to, to really make a change uh, to the world, it's to start by doing a change in us. So go ahead and recycle. Go ahead and help somebody else. Go ahead and be humble. And if you have a great business expertise, help another business. You know, I think uh, we have to start thinking about the whole world as one family, one same family that is called humanity. That that's what ProTrash has taught me and what all the people that had helped in different stages of ProTrash have taught me that we have to work together in order to make this world a better place. So let's work all together and and do it a big thing. I want to thank Andrea Garcia Lopez for being on the show. And if you want to hear more interviews like this, make sure you follow the All or Nothing podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Tidal and SoundCloud. That's a wrap for this episode of 
the All or Nothing podcast, where we bring to you companies and CEOs that are changing the game. And I'm your host, Rodrigo Ballone.